up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Got another breaking news edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. West Rucker, Ryan Callahan, Patrick Brown coming to you from parts across the greater Knoxville area. We got another breaking news podcast intro, which uh, you can tell what that means these days. Not, not a lot of bad breaking news episodes of the Go Balls uh, 24-7 podcast episode that leave mostly good ones. And here is another, another good one. Got uh, Pat and Ryan with me. I guess I'll go to Ryan first. Ryan, why are we having yet another one of these? Well, yet another commitment for Tennessee for the 2021 class. Uh, this one, a longtime target, Trinity Bell, the a- athlete from Albertville, Alabama, picking the Vols over Auburn uh, and, and giving Tennessee another uh, versatile guy. We've seen them obviously take plenty of uh, guys with versatility throughout Jeremy Pruitt's tenure with uh, with the Vols and and now adding a guy that they've been uh, mostly talking about playing at tight end in recent months, but a guy with a big frame uh, around six foot seven, close to 260 pounds. Uh, a guy with that kind of frame, you can obviously do a lot of things with him. Uh, he, he's played on, on defense, and that's where I think Tennessee initially was recruiting him to play. Uh, but obviously tight end on the table, you know, a guy with that kind of length, you could even maybe see him growing into an offensive tackle. A lot of things you can do with uh, with a guy that's that big and, and has that big of a frame. So uh, a nice pickup for Tennessee, a guy they've been after for a long time. They gave him his very first football offer back in February of 2019, actually before he'd played a down of high school football. Uh, he was a former, he's a basketball player too, and wanting to play both sports in college if possible. But, you know, but he came out for football and uh, Tennessee sort of jumped in early hearing some, some things about his potential, about what he'd done in basketball, seeing the athleticism and liked him enough to offer him without even seeing him on the football field. So clearly a guy they've liked for a long time and made him a priority. And now they've added uh, yet another longtime target to their class. That's uh, obviously been number two in the country for a while and now already on the verge of uh, filling up and, and uh, you know, by the end of May. Pat, when you watch film of this kid, what, what are you looking at? Cause I, you know, I, I can't really tell. I know that this is a good athlete and I know this is a guy with a bunch of size. I can't quite figure out what position might be best for him. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, I think this kid's got some options. Are you, is there anything that just stands out to you or are you kind of in the same boat? No, I, I think there's some accuracy to that, Wes. I mean, there's there's some things that uh, you see where he's maybe a little bit raw on both sides of the ball. But um, first thing that jumps out when you when you flip on a subtle tape is uh, his wingspan is 6'9". Yeah. You know, we talk about measurables. Yeah. Uh, that's a measurable right there. That, that's something that college coaches will look at and, uh, and, and Tennessee has looked at, obviously, because they've been recruiting him for a while. Um, and, and that's something you see, hey, we can work with that. So uh, watching him on offense, um, seems to track the ball really well in the air. Uh, doesn't seem like he's, you know, you, you see guys that, uh, especially if they haven't played football too long, um, some, you know, they try to catch the ball. They're not maybe natural pass catchers. I, yeah. I think he catches the ball pretty naturally. Uh, I, I think he um, seems to do be pretty good after the catch. Um, defensively in some of the clips I've watched, a lot of times you'll see him stand straight up, but you see that with a lot of high school guys, you know, the ball snapped and they go straight up. So if he's going to play on the defensive side of the ball, leverage will be a thing for him. Um, but you, uh, you mentioned, you know, we talked about that length. that that's something that, that you like to see in edge rushers. Those long lanky guys with long arms. Uh, Daryl Taylor was like that. Uh, he wasn't six, seven though. But uh, the other thing that, and, and before I even watch any football tape, I watched some of, of Bell's basketball tape and, He's a pretty good athlete. I think one of his uh, clips on there is actually against Rock Taylor uh, when Alvarez played against Oxford yep. uh, down there. So Tennessee commit playing a uh, another Tennessee commit down there and um, looks six seven, good athleticism, runs you know runs the floor well. Uh, we hear a lot of coaches talk about that. You know, 
uh, you know, how do other sports impact how you evaluate someone as a football player? Well, you can see athleticism. You can see uh, how, the, how their feet are. You can see maybe their, their competitiveness, things like that. Uh, if they're track guys, you can see speed and explosion, all those things. And uh, we've heard Jeremy Pruitt and, and some of the Tennessee's other coaches talk about watching guys play basketball and, and evaluating how they do uh, as track uh, as track athletes and, and wanting guys that play multiple sports and do different things. So uh, Bell's got a lot of um, – a lot of potential, I would say, uh, and it's it's a matter of uh, getting him to campus uh, or, or getting a better evaluation on him uh, once you get him uh, it, on into your program and seeing where he fits best. Um, and I think there are, uh, as you mentioned, Wes, I think there are some options, um, and that's what that's what makes this to me an, an exciting pickup for Tennessee because. Uh, there's some potential here to help in, in multiple spots on, on either side of the ball. Yeah, and when I look at him, you know, I, <clears throat> I look at – there's several NBA players that used to be kind of college basketball players – or I'm sorry, NFL players used to be college basketball players, and a lot of them go to that tight end spot. And I think the one of the reasons is if you've ever watched kind of a power forward or a big man in basketball, they have to catch a lot of passes and a lot of windows. And, and their hand-eye coordination, I think for, for my money – NBA athletes are, are the best athletes in the world. I mean, the, the quickness, the, the the torque that they have is just unbelievable. And they have to catch balls in tight windows all the time. And I think that can kind of help when you're a tight end trying to catch the ball in a phone booth a lot of times. I think those skills kind of translate. Uh, Ryan, when you look at it, you know, I think this is sort of – this was an old line of thinking, but but years – through most of football's history, if you saw a kid who was six foot seven and 260 pounds, had a 6'9 wingspan – and, you know, had those big kind of basket-sized hands, it, just about anybody would say, well, just give him a whole bunch of grilled chicken and, and, and some carbs and make him a 310-pound all-world offensive tackle. Um, is that still a possibility here, or are we, is that a little bit too archaic? Is he more of a skill guy? No, I, I think that's possible. I, I think you also, though, have to have to look at what he's done. And, you know, again, he now he played football in middle school also, but he, it sounded like he stepped away for a couple of years and, and sort of focused more on basketball to start high school. Uh, actually, Dale Pruitt, uh, the father of Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt, uh, was, his, was his coach at Albertville and talked him into coming back out for football in 2019. So you want to uh, play football? Yeah, Tennessee had a had a, had a foot in the door early because they had a, a, a pretty strong firsthand evaluation there and, and might have might might have gotten early word, hey, you need to take a look at this guy in basketball and see what he can do. And uh, and clearly Tennessee likes enough uh, of what it had seen from him on the basketball court to go ahead and offer him in football before he played it down at the high school level. So uh, there, there's a lot to like there athletically, and I think that that alone makes you think he could play elsewhere. Uh, they started recruiting him, I think, with the idea of playing him on defense. I think he looks like a a guy who'd probably be a four-three defensive end, uh, you know, could could be an edge rusher in a, in a defense like Tennessee's. Uh, might even grow into more of a three-four defensive end, uh, but had 26 catches for 416 yards and six touchdowns as a junior. Those are pretty solid numbers at the for a guy at, at the seven A level too, right? Yeah. So that and that's that's a yeah the highest level of football in Alabama. So to, to come out for high high school football for the first time and put up those kinds of numbers at tight end, uh, that that's pretty impressive. And he does move pretty well. So I. I can't discount anything with him. I think he really is uh, fairly classified as an athlete, but um, you've got a lot of options. Anytime you've got a guy with that kind of size, uh, one, another reason not to rule out tight end is, is we've seen this staff likes to have those blocking tight ends, those bigger types yeah. of tight ends. They can have them. So even if that's what he morphs into, if he gets bigger and becomes more of a, uh, a blocker than, than, than really a weapon in the passing game, then, then you could even see him staying there and playing that role. But I think he's athletic enough that I think they see him as a pretty unique athlete that could 
could even be a weapon in the passing game at his size, uh, as he's already shown in high school. So I, I think you got to be excited about what he could do at a few different spots. You know, Pat, I remember a, a coach uh, that, that I've covered, and honestly, I'm trying to remember exactly which one it was. It might have been Pruitt. It, it might have been um, it might have been Fulmer. I'm not sure. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm probably, I think I'm drawing a blank on this. But I, you've covered I, I a lot of coaches, so I yeah, can understand why you. It's fair because you've, you've I'm drawn old, a blank here. I'm old, but yeah. When I I've heard a football coach, a good football coach, tell me once that he wasn't bothered by the fact that a player hadn't played a ton of football in high school because he knew that that kid was going to have kind of a steep learning curve. Uh, but he also knew that kid wouldn't have as many bad habits. Uh, that a lot of times if a guy's been playing football his whole life, he really has a set of bad habits that are hard to break when you get to the college level and technique becomes more important. Uh, with a kid like Trinity Bell, I mean, is that being naive or is that something that that could possibly end up being as much of a positive as a negative? I think it could be both. Uh, it could uh, it could go both ways. I mean, I, I watched Bell's film and, and he seems to have pretty good instincts for a guy. He doesn't look like a guy that uh, – let me, let me rephrase this. At some moments, he looks like a guy who's just starting to play football. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of technique there. As I mentioned, when he when he's firing off the ball as a defensive end, he, you know, he's straight up. You know, you, you see that a lot with a, a lot of young guys. There's also plays you see him make on there. They're just really good instinct plays and, and stuff that you can't really, uh, you don't necessarily teach. Guys just sort of kind of have it or they don't. Like there's a play where he gets his hands up at the last minute, bats a pass uh, into the air, and it turns into interception. You know, he, he's he fires off the ball really quick and, and there's a snap over the head and he goes and, and chases it down for a touchdown. Um, really good. As I mentioned, sort of tracking the ball in the air and, uh, and pretty good ball skills. And, and that probably translates from him playing basketball and, and, and tracking rebounds off the glass and things like that. So um, th- there are some natural things that you see and, and you think, Hey, you know, you, you'd be surprised if you saw him to know that he hadn't played in a couple of years. Uh, but then there's some other things that, you know, are, are raw. And we see that with a lot of guys that, uh, maybe haven't been playing football either for very long. Uh, maybe a guy like Chris Aparigone in, in, in the Tennessee's 2019 class. And then maybe you go back to, to Trayvon Flowers, who is a guy that uh, didn't play between what his eighth grade year and his senior year, but Tennessee right. staff loved him. And there were, you know, Clemson was offering him uh, just based on his, on his senior season. So, um, yeah, I think there's some, some truth to that. And, and that's, um, you know, whatever coach told you that Wes was, I think it was, uh, that, that's pretty spot on. Um, and, and with Bell, I think you see some things that, um, that, that are wrong and are going to need work. And, and we talked about his position. I think if he is going to be a tight end, obviously I think he's going to need a lot of work blocking because um, he, he either probably hasn't done it very much or he's been able to get by because he's been bigger than most of the kids he's been blocking. So um, when he's going against bigger SEC edge rushers and defensive ends and linebackers, if, if he is a tight end, I think that's uh, that's an area where, where he's going to have to improve. And that's really the case for uh, for a lot of tight ends that get to college. Um, but but you also see some some natural ability, some natural instincts. And I think that that's another reason to, uh, if you're Tennessee, that you're excited about adding a guy like him. Uh, you know what else has versatility is the staff here at Go Balls 24-7. And we have a podcast, and you're listening to it right now, but for a second uh, you're going to listen to uh, some commercials. We're going to flip it over to break and listen to some products and services and in-house ads, all that fun stuff, and we will be right back to discuss more about Tennessee's newest commitment, uh, Albertville, Alabama, jumbo athlete Trinity Bell. Hashtag ad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. Wes Rucker and Patrick Brown and Ryan Callahan coming to you from parts here across the greater Knoxville area discussing Tennessee's newest football commitment, Trinity Bell from Albertville, Alabama, a six foot seven, 260-pound jumbo athlete who could uh, conceivably play on offense or defense. Got a lot of options there. Before we discuss him a little bit more, I want to mention this again. Guys, please, please, please go in and rate and review this podcast. Uh, we're going to be hammering this to you for a while, so apologies on the front end for that. But uh, you know what? Actually, I'm not sorry because uh, we do this thing for free and we're happy to do it, but we're only asking you to do one thing. Go rate and review this podcast. There is nothing out there that you can do that will help this podcast grow more than going out there and rating it and reviewing it. We'd like five-star reviews. Those are our favorite. Um, but, uh, you know, if you think we're four or three, whatever, be honest. I'm fine with that. We can take constructive criticism, but please go in there and rate us five stars and go give us a nice review, and uh, we really appreciate that. Guys, back to uh, Trinity Bell here. Um, I guess I actually want to start with Pat here in this one because I had a question for you on this, Pat. When you look at Tennessee's um, – because I'm, I'm gonna, I got a, a specific one for Ryan here after this. Um, but when you look at some of the names on here, you look at Joe Osvet and you look at Brian Niedermeyer being Tennessee's recruiters for Trinity Bell, and you got Brooklyn-born Joe Osvet, you got Alaskan-born Brian Niedermeyer going down to the heart of Alabama and getting a kid. I mean, if nothing else reflects this, how this is just a national staff, isn't it? It's kind of if you want to recruit a national. If you want to recruit from coast to coast, it helps to have guys who are from all over the place. And, I mean, this is just – you got a guy from Alaska and a guy from Brooklyn going down to Al- to Alabama to get a guy. I mean, that sounds like a country song, but, you know, I mean, that that's Tennessee staff, isn't it? Yeah, and, and maybe it's one of those things where if you can uh, – if you're a good recruiter, you can recruit anywhere. It's like if, if, you're, if you're a really good basketball player, your game will translate whether you're playing in your home gym or whether you're playing – at any other road gym in the country. Um, and and uh, ultimately, I think recruiting, and, and we hear those coaches say this ad nauseum, but I think there is obviously some truth to it, is it gets down to relationships. And um, as we've seen with, with Brian Edermeyer, he has this ability to connect with players and, and connect with players from literally all over the country. You know, he, you know, he brought in Dominic Wood Anderson from the West Coast earlier. Uh, we saw it with, with Henry Toto. We saw it with Darnell, Wash, uh, Darnell, not Washington, Darnell Wright in West Virginia. Um, yeah. Just... He, he has an ability, obviously, to connect with, with, with high school players, and, and we've seen that. And I think we're starting to see that as well with, with Joe Osavet. And uh, I remember back in February after signing day, um, we, we were talking to Jeremy Pruitt at a, at a recruiting celebration. I asked him, um, you know, did he get a chance, you know, because they had Osavet on, on the road uh, after David Johnson left. And so Osavet was on the road at, at recruiting in January. And I asked Pruitt if he got a chance to see Osavet sort of in action and and see kind of how he related to players, how he, how he, how he was on a home visit, how he was in person. And, um, 
while Pruitt said he hadn't necessarily gotten that chance, he said he knew that what Tennessee was getting there. And I think we're, we're starting to see that pay off a little bit because uh, Osvet has, has had a, has had a hand in, the, in this recruiting class so far for Tennessee with not only some of his connections, maybe up, uh, maybe in, in maybe the Northeast part of the country with uh, Baltimore and, and, and those guys. Um, uh, but uh, he, you know, he's, he's helped with guys sort of across the country as well. And guys that are could potentially be playing his position one day. So, I think we're seeing that he also has um, kind of the energy that you want in a recruiter, kind of that grinder, kind of that guy that's um, a blue collar has, has worked his way up and, and, and just kind of keeps going and going. And you're also seeing uh, his ability to connect with, with players and uh, certainly him being a head coach in the past at, at the junior college level, I think has helped him uh, in that regard. So um, I, I think that's why you're seeing both of those guys uh, in Neyer Myers case continue uh, to, to have success and produce results on the recruiting trail. And that's why you're starting to see it from, uh, from Osved in his first few months uh, in a full-time role in Tennessee staff. Ryan, specifically with Osved, did you see him being a guy who, who would recruit this well this soon? Because, uh, you know, he's obviously been around football his whole life. And if you can recruit to Juco football, you can recruit anywhere. Cause, cause they've, they've got challenges being at the Juco level. They, you know, that that's just a tough job trying to bring in kids from all over the place. You only get them for a year or two. Uh, it's a lot of work for, for not a lot of benefit. Um, but he comes to a place like Tennessee. He kind of works his way through the system. He, he, he gets his, his, his job here on the full-time staff here, the full-time coaching staff. And he just kind of really has hit the ground running. Did you expect this from him? I I did really uh, because I I saw what he did as a support staff guy the, the, the past couple of years and where he helped out. He was really effective. Uh, you know, just last year, for instance, uh, even though we we can't really mark support staff guys as primary recruiters on on our profiles on twenty four seven sports because that's just, that's just not how it works. It's to to sort of make it more fair for everybody, it's it's sort of it's all just sort of focused on the on the full time guys because there's so many support staff guys who sometimes help out, especially earlier in the player's recruitment. Uh, but Asabet essentially was the main recruiter for Dominic Bailey, the four star defensive lineman again from Baltimore uh, that Tennessee landed last year. Uh, he also helped Tennessee get Art Green, uh, the four star defensive back at the time that uh, didn't end up signing with Tennessee, but at the time was a was a guy Tennessee liked quite a bit. So. Uh, he was already getting guys on, on the recruiting trail and his ties in junior college uh, in the junior college ranks really helped out and, and gave, gave him a chance to be effective with those guys. And then his, his ties in the, in the Northeast in particular really helped out as well from, from not only his time on the road recruiting uh, as a junior college coach, but just from, from being uh, from, from New York and, and being in that part of the country for, for years. So uh, yeah, lots of reasons to think he was going to be effective, but yeah, he's, he's been probably even a little better than I expected just, uh, just because of what what he's been able to accomplish so far, and what Tennessee staff has done, uh, that's made all of you know five or six recruiters among the best in the country so far because of how how high Tennessee is in the national rankings. But yeah, I, I'm not surprised that he's been this this good. And I thought he had a chance to maybe not have a Niedermeyer type year right off the bat, but I did think it was set up well for him to, to have a chance to be. Uh, pretty effective right away. Pat, I know we've had some version of the same exact question on several podcasts, but but it's I think it's still valid, so I think it's still worth bringing up. Uh, Trinity Bell is a big body, um, but he, he might be a tight end, not exactly sure where he might play. Uh, and when you're looking at this class and what they need, it still looks like they need – I know they got a lot, of, a lot of numbers in this class already, but it looks like they need to find a way to get some big bodies still, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I've said it before, and um, I, I think the, the offensive and defensive lines continue to be uh, maybe the, the last 
box to check. And, and, and certainly, uh, and we pointed this out before, especially on, on our board, uh, with the way that this recruiting calendar and this recruiting cycle has been impacted, there's going to be a lot of changes between um, now and, and December and the early signing period in February. We don't know when visits are going to start back up. We don't know when, uh, if there's going to be any, there's obviously not going to be any sort of summer camp, so there's not going to be any chances for, for coaches to get more uh, evaluations on some of these guys. Um, and in some areas, there may not be football in the fall. So in, in some high schools, uh, you know, they, they may not, you know, that, that may end up getting impacted too. We just don't know. Um, so there's going to be a, a lot of changes. Tennessee will continue to evaluate its current commit list. They'll continue to evaluate players. Every school is going to do this. Um, and, and, and there's going to be uh, a lot of, probably a lot of, a lot of changes um, for, for players, programs, coaches, all those things. So, um, but if, if you're looking at, at where Tennessee maybe could add another, uh, another player or two um, and, and maybe some positions down the road that they'll be, that they'll be going after. I think definitely the offensive line, definitely the defensive line, the defensive line. I think that need is obvious. You, uh, you need to replenish what you're losing there and you could be losing six, seven, uh, six to seven seniors off your defensive line after this season. And then uh, the offensive line, you're losing some guys there. Um, and I think you need to have three to four of those guys in, in every class and right now, Tennessee's at once. So uh, those are, two positions and I'm sure we'll have some recruiting pot. I'm sure we'll have some breaking news podcast down the road when, uh, when Tennessee gets a commitment from an offensive or a defensive lineman. And I'll have to, uh, I'll have to adjust my answer there, Wes, but, uh, <laughs> until then I'm going to, I'm going to continue to point to those two positions as, uh, as places that, that Tennessee, um, needs to maybe make another addition or two. But, you know, the reality is that, you know, if, if there's a better player at any position, uh, and Tennessee thinks they can get them, they'll, they'll continue to pursue those guys down the stretch and over the next few months. Brian, I guess if you could also touch a little bit quickly on on that that question I asked uh, Pat, and the last thing would be um, the the standard good old boilerplate question, uh, what's next for Tennessee? Is there anything coming up in the next, oh, I don't know, few days, week, anything else to maybe keep an eye on, or or do things look um, maybe look like, like they might, I don't want to say quiet down, but but may slow may, may slow just a bit right now? Yeah, they have to slow down eventually, right? You, At you some think, point. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, already approaching that, that magic 25 number. But, yeah, no, I I, I think there's still – I mean, again, I, I've said this before. I, I think Tennessee's probably not going to worry too much about where it is in relation to that 25 number. So I, I don't think the Vols necessarily have to slow down. But, yeah, it does look like there are maybe fewer announcements coming up in the near future. Uh, but, you know, it looked like that the past couple weeks uh, too, and they still got a few guys uh, the last the last couple weeks now. So – uh, they're not going at the same rate they were earlier this month, but still going. And uh, I don't think they're ready to stop just yet. Uh, the one to watch this weekend, still Junior Colson, the four-star inside in-state linebacker from uh, uh, from Ravenwood High School over in the, the Nashville area. That looks like a, a Michigan-Tennessee battle. And I think Michigan's the favorite, but that's been uh, such a such a big battle for Tennessee in-state that, um, that that's certainly going to be the news of the weekend as far as we know of right now. Uh, always could be some others, but that's that's the main one we know about right now. And then uh, you know, beyond that, you've got Javari Ritzy, four-star defensive lineman from North Carolina, announcing on June 12th. And, and then some other guys that still could announce before then. And one in relation to this that's certainly worth noting, I, I don't think Tennessee's done at tight end just yet because they're still going after Hudson Wolf, uh, the four-star uh, tight end from, from Hardin County High School over in Savannah. And uh, the fact that he's still on the board and very much in play for Tennessee is one of the reasons you can't say for sure where Trinity Bell slots in. If Tennessee could get Hudson Wolf, I don't think they would turn him down for sure. Uh, he's been such a priority. So I think tight end is still a position you could see Tennessee address, uh, even with having a guy like Trinity Bell who could play tight end. So uh, the, the balls aren't done at, at really any position, uh, despite the numbers 
uh, and what they might suggest. But yeah, there's still some guys getting closer to decisions. Hudson, Hudson Wolf could be one of them. He's hoping to wait and maybe take some visits in July. But if the NCAA wipes that, that possibility off the board soon, uh, there's been some talk he could even commit within the next three to four weeks. So I, I think they're guys like that are getting closer and you'll see more of that, especially if the dead period's extended through July, uh, which we'll hopefully find out soon whether that happens, but it's a real possibility. And even if those in-state guys uh, pick commit somewhere else other than Tennessee at first, I bet Tennessee sticks on those kids. I don't think they're yeah. going to, I don't think they're going to say, Oh, that's it. We're going to take our ball and go home. I think they're going to, they'd probably still go after those guys. I think that's a, that's a safe bet, especially with junior Colson. You never know it. If nothing else, I mean, Every year they talk about Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL, right? Even if he picks Michigan, you never know when that's going to happen. Yep. Tennessee's he, Junior Colson's always liked Tennessee. Even if he picks Michigan, you never know what might happen. I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Wes. Thanks, Wes. And thank you all out there for listening. You can find all of us right there on Twitter, Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter, P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter, Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter, and Grant Ramey on Twitter. Or you can go to twitter.com slash govals247 for Tennessee-only news. You can go to facebook.com slash govals247 uh, for, for more Tennessee-focused stuff, none of the personal stuff. Uh, or you can go directly to the source. Get that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring water right from the tap, govals247.com, where we got all kinds of good deals and specials going on throughout the summer. And I'm telling you guys, if you look at the content numbers that we are putting up, Every single day, every single week, every single month, despite there being no live college sports going on right now, it might surprise you. It, if you're not paying attention, it might surprise you how many things we're offering right now at GoVols 24-7. And that's why uh, our people have stayed with us and why they're so loyal and we love them for it. And uh, if you want to go join that family, go to GoVols247.com and come join it. Come join it. Why wouldn't you do that? Come do that. And uh, if nothing else, guys, please rate and review this podcast, and we will see y'all probably, I guess, early next week unless something happens over the weekend, and gosh knows that's possible. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.